Welcome to Baptist Vices. This podcast is designed to engage the Baptist community in challenging thought. We hope to not just promote negative propaganda that is raised against Baptist thought, but to biblically analyze some of these thoughts and provide biblical solutions. We hope you enjoy today's program. And now your host, Dr. Steve Dameron. Welcome to Baptist Vices. Thanks for tuning in. We appreciate you uh, looking up our podcast. Pray that you subscribe, or hope that you do. I just pray, hope that you do. And we're going to be having as a guest, he's come on here a number of times, David Gibbs III with NCLL, National Center for Life and Liberty. And our Baptist vice is going to be, we got a couple of names here. You might be a redneck preacher if, all right, that's one of them, or the hokiness movement, the hokiness movement. So we're going to see what you think of the podcast. Appreciate him taking time out of his busy schedule to be with us. Challenge you, though, to reach out with your mouse and look up baptistpulpit.com or independentbaptistseminary.org. Browse around, look at those, and hopefully we can be a help to you in your furthering of your education or furthering of your knowledge uh, in Baptist or in Christ. Pray that we can be a help to you. So in just a moment, we'll have David Gibbs III. What's good to have... Attorney David Gibbs III with us, and our Baptist vice is the hokiness movement. <laughs> um, the idea of being sharp, it seems like sometimes with the, within the independent Baptist circle, uh, we take pride in not doing things sharp. And so we're going to address that today. So your thoughts, first of all, Brother Gibbs, thanks for being with us. Listen, Steve, I'm always glad to be with you, my friend. And, you know, it is a, a couple of things. You know, you got to be careful um, because it all goes back to uh, a sin that the Lord hates, and that is pride. Yes. And I think sometimes people that might lack education, and I'm not saying you need to be a Ph.D. to serve God. We know that. Yes. God can take anyone. Or, you know, a big facility or a clean campus. And we turn around and almost do like a reverse-engineered pride, like, I'm just dumb and I'm proud of it. I've, our campus is a wreck and I'm proud of it. We just do things sloppy, disorganized, and, and that's sort of our style. And, and, and sadly, there are churches that adopt that culture, yep. but I would strongly encourage pastors and ministry leaders to think through a couple of things. Number one, it is a pride sin. So, I mean, we shouldn't be we shouldn't be vain in our education. We shouldn't be vain in our lack of education. Yes. We shouldn't be vain in our fancy facilities. We shouldn't be vain in our dumpiness. We shouldn't be vain in our organization. We shouldn't be vain in our disorganization. So, I think everybody needs to recognize that you know there is a certain level of standard by which you're going to serve the Lord, and really, vanity shouldn't cover either end. But then, number two and just ask the question open-endedly, isn't our Lord worthy of our best? Shouldn't we do things with excellence? And and I think we have to step back and just say, because I'm a certain segment of the independent Baptist community, I'm somehow exempt from doing things right, um, is almost a 
disrespect to our Lord and Savior himself, because yeah. we're doing his work. Yes. And so I encourage churches to remember a couple of thoughts from a legal perspective. First of all, you know, disorganization will kill you in a courtroom. So, I mean, if you just say, you know, we let anybody around the kids and they just come out of, they could be out of prison, but bless God, they want to minister. You're going to sit there and have a kid get hurt, injured, abused, and, and a travesty occurs, and you didn't take the time, the effort, the energy to do things correctly. Um, you know, bless God, we're just going to take these dilapidated vehicles and hit the road. Well, till a tire blows, till an engine blows, till a driver that doesn't know what he's doing injures people. And, and now all of a sudden your whole ministry's wiped out. Yeah. I mean, uh, you know, it's sad. I've had one situation where, I mean, they're trying to get a motor to start and somebody jumps over the engine and they're blowing ether in there. And the guy doesn't know, cranks it. And I mean, fire blows out and, and kills man. <laughs> and it's just what? sad to do things in a um, half-baked, disorganized way that turns around and has such tremendous travesty. Number next, these churches don't grow. I mean, if, if you walk into a disorganized wreck, I don't care who you are, you sense the disorganization and it puts you at um, an uncomfortable disease. You begin to feel like, what's going on here? These people don't even know what's going on. I mean, if, if the service is all disorganized, people don't feel like their time is being valued. If the children's ministry is all disorganized, they don't feel like the kids are being kept safe if the campus is a wreck i mean you know what's going to keep us safe if a bad guy walks on campus and if these people can't run their services any better than this how are they handling their finances and so at some point it's important in ministry to recognize you only get one chance yep. you get one shot to make a first impression and then you have to ask yourself what first impression would most advance the gospel and the ministry yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, if I stunned you into silence, yes, you, know, you did. Like feeling bad now? <laughs> <laughs> you know, you're you're at a point where you're like, wow, that, that was good. That was no, good. But, here, but, but right. here's my point. <laughs> I, I, I say this to the churches and to boards. Okay, well, let's say you're not at a church that, um values disorganization yep but you get used to what i call your own dirt yeah okay like you know i walk into somebody's house and you know there's a dog laying there there's crud on the floor there's old pizza boxes in the table and i walk in i go wow this house hasn't been picked up in a while right but the guy that lives there he doesn't even see the dog he steps over it the pizza box i mean he uses as an extra extension a coaster on his table right and the, the mess, the smell, I mean, he's just comfortable with it. It's his place. It's his mess. Yeah. But when you come in as a new guy, a new guest, you go like, oh, wow. And that's why people clean their houses up before they have people over, right? Because they yeah, exactly. want to make a good impression and then yeah. they want to, you know, give nice food and make it a, a pleasant so their, their friends and neighbors think highly of them. So, you know, I think sometimes with church, I encourage pastors to take your board and do this like once a year. Pretend you're a brand new person coming to the church and start out in the parking lot. I mean, all of a sudden the sign that's got three misspelled words and the lights don't work and it's falling down, you know, the one everybody at your church is used to. But what impression is that making? Where would you park? Like, where, where would you put your car if you're a brand new person? Where would you walk in 
what happens when you walk in? What yes. do you see? What do you smell? And again, if the doors work nice and the entranceway is clear and there's a friendly face, that's a warm, inviting church. But if you walk in and the door is sticky and there's, you know, the ground's all messed up and, you know, it smells bad, you have to realize you're making a negative first impression. And sometimes churches say, like, we're not going to put money in bathrooms. Well, I caution that. I mean, we don't need to be extravagant. We don't need gold-plated faucets. But somebody says, oh, I'm going to run in the restroom real quick before service, and it smells swampy or damp or unpleasant or it looks dilapidated. Those are the kind of things that will discredit the man of God that's up there preaching the gospel, presenting the word. And instead of enhancing your ministry, you're hurting yourself by not taking care and stewardship what's been entrusted to you. So I encourage folks, do a first look. I mean, maybe that's a meeting where you say, let's bring the deacon's wives to that meeting, yeah. too, because we want their opinion yeah. as to what is going on in the facility. How does it feel? Well, you know, is that electric cord that's, you know, hanging from the ceiling, but we all just duck around it. Those are the kind of things that sometimes when you do a first look, you say, let's make our church attractive. Whereas if somebody walked in for the very first time, didn't know any of us, what would their impression be, both of this church and the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, whom we serve? Amen. Well, now I'm ready. Okay. You caught me off guard. I think you just— Oh, I got you fired up right now. No, up. I think uh, you, you know, stopped I mean... early last time. All right, but anyways— oh. I'm... Okay, well, I just—I reached the point. I was kind of done. I, I had I had said what I wanted to say, and, you know, you can and you go just stopped. USA you just... Today. I, I put a cute little box out there, or you can go Wall Street Journal. You go right. long and go long. But uh, I just—I felt like USA Today was appropriate there. Right. Just a little box. I was right. done. So, biblically— uh, I like, I'm the theology guy, all right? So you're the lawyer guy, I'm the theology guy. So biblically, we find it through... So you're sc- going to live in a better part of heaven than I will. Right, Go okay. Ahead, I'm all right. <laughs> all right, so... Well, let me visit your neighborhood. You know, oh, lawyers are going to be in the barely made it section. Right, Go ahead. Exactly. So in Colossians, it says, Whatsoever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord, as to the Lord, not unto men, knowing that of the Lord ye shall receive the reward. Ecclesiastes 9.10, whatsoever thy hand findeth to do, do it with thy might. Then I was thinking about this topic over the last couple days, and I thought through Scripture. Uh, you go to the, uh, the law when God talked to Moses, and he said, you're going to build a house for me to basically live in. There's going to be a, uh, a tabernacle in the wilderness. Well, then it wasn't just it wasn't just a small little bit of detail. It's chapter and chapter and chapter and chapter of detail. And then you go to Solomon's temple. It was amazing. And then we seem to come to this idea, well, you know what? We're not going to be like that. And so then, as I say, we become hokey. And, and that's not good. I'm not saying that we have to go the Catholic route <laughs> and, uh, well, you know, and let me add to this. You don't have to have a lot of money to be clean. Yes, exactly. That takes time, effort, and energy. Yep. You don't have to have a palace yes. to make it nice. I've walked into yep. a, we might call a house trailer, yep. and it's clean and neat and kept nicely. Yes. I've walked into some really nice houses that were a wreck yes. because the people weren't putting the time and effort in. So it's, yep. it's not the level economically you're at. Yes. But it's the stewardship. And and I'll, I'll since since you've now said I, I don't do anything biblical, I'll throw a little Bible <laughs> at you. All right. You say we're supposed to do things heartily. 
right. as unto the Lord. Right. But that applies even to your secular work. So yes. if you're working at McDonald's and you're making cheeseburgers, you're not doing it for McDonald's or your boss or the manager or even the customers who pay for it. You're doing it as unto the Lord. So with excellence, you would make that cheeseburger. Okay, yes. and that's the command for Christians. We're to yes. be the best workers out there. Yes. But now let's go to the Lord's work, the Lord's house, the Lord's ministry. Yep. Shouldn't we even be doing it more excellently? Mm -hmm. So I think you could even say the standard gets higher yep. when you step out of your secular job or the work you do just to uh, minister in your community. And when you're doing it for God, you should give him your very best. Amen. Well, I think that with with that Bible illustration, you might be one lawyer that has moved into another neighborhood in heaven. So, well, I, I figured I'd slide a little in there on you. You know what I mean? But no, don't want you to correct me. That'd be embarrassing. Right. We'll stay on it. Well, I appreciate you taking time to be with us uh, here on the podcast. And hopefully it helps somebody. Maybe it's a pastor. Maybe it's somebody in leadership in a church. Uh, that is saying, man, you know, we need to do a little more. Maybe this will prod you a little bit to do, make things just as sharp as you can. We're not just saying yeah. spend tons of money. We're just saying be I as like sharp as sharp. you can. Yes. And, and, and you know, the, the, the counter to sharp would be schlucky, right? Yeah, Let, right. Let's not take pride in yep. doing things schlucky. Let's take pride in doing things sharp for the Lord. So there, we got the double S's. So now we've even alliterated. Right. Well, that's great. Well, thanks for taking your time to be with us today. Honored to be with you, my friend. Thank you for listening to Baptist Vices. We trust you were challenged to find a biblical path for navigating through some differences within Baptist churches. Join your host, Dr. Steve Dameron, next week for another engaging podcast. May God richly bless you.